this morning, we continue to follow Jesus from Ash Wednesday through Easter all the way to Pentecost. That's, by the way, next week. Next week, I can't wait. How about you? See, we're following Jesus. We're actually trying to find out what He is doing. We're actually trying to find out what He has for us, for people that faithfully walk in His footsteps. We've been walking with Jesus on this specific journey for a number of weeks now. Today, we come to the Sunday that's called Ascension Sunday. Actually, the ascension of Jesus Christ happened 40 days after the resurrection. Therefore, it really is or was somewhere around a Thursday. But we celebrate it on Sunday because 10 days after the ascension was Pentecost. But today we celebrate the ascension of Jesus. The time that Jesus gathered his disciples around for the last time and was taken up into heaven, ascended into heaven to be with the Father, to go back to be with the Father, to sit at the right hand of the Father, interceding or praying for you and for me. The reason Jesus had to go back was twofold. First of all, His work was finished. He was the risen Lord. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. Hey, let's do it again. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen. You know, the farther we get from Easter, the, the, the kind of the, the, it gets a little tamer. But it's appropriate every Sunday to say it. It's appropriate to get up every morning as a believer, a follower of Christ, and say, He is risen. Don't you believe that, brothers and sisters? You see, He ascended because His work, the task, the ministry that He was assigned to was over, finished. It was done, accomplished. The second reason he needed to go back to the Father was to usher in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I must go away, Jesus said, so I can send, so the Father can send another comforter. You know what that word another really refers to? Another comforter is one just like me. You see, the disciples didn't want Jesus to go away. Can you blame them? Of course not. They didn't want him to leave. But what they didn't know was God had a plan that was far greater than their desire. And that's the way it always is for God's people. God has a plan, this spiritual plan that is unfolding for you and for me if you faithfully walk in step with Jesus We've been walking with Jesus these weeks. And now we come to this Sunday. Our scripture for this morning is found in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. In this passage of scripture, we see Jesus with his disciples preparing for the ascension. Or we could say, we see Jesus preparing his disciples for the ascension. He's about to be taken away right before their eyes. Follow along as I read Acts chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, my former book, that would be the Gospel of Luke, the one who wrote Acts was Luke. 
the guy that wrote the Gospel of Luke, wrote Acts. So he's saying, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up into heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of heaven? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. In other words, we should have known that May 21st was not the end of the world. By the way, they changed it now to October 21st. Missed it, it's going to be October 21st. I guarantee you it won't be October 21st. Because no one knows. Well, it could be. They could get lucky, I guess, but... It's just not known. Only the Father knows. So verse 7 again says, He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After He said this, He was taken up before their eyes, and a cloud hid Him from their sight. Would that have been awesome or what? Wow. Verse 10, they were looking intently into the sky, probably something like this. Wow. They were looking intently into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men, another awesome thing, two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky or gawking into the sky? Close your mouths. The same, this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. Not Judas Iscariot. All, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. <sighs> Jesus was gone. Now what? Father, we need you more than we've ever needed you before. We need you in this world. We need you in our families. We need you in this church. We need you in our individual lives like we've never needed you before. It's getting serious now, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus is preparing us for Pentecost. Jesus said in verse 3, Look at verse 3, the second part of verse 3. It says, He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God. 
See, basically what Jesus was saying here is, he used a lot of kingdom language. He talked about the kingdom of God a lot. As a matter, matter of fact, he used this, that this was one of the themes of his life on earth, the kingdom of God. As in Matthew, for example, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He said, he said thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was always talking about the kingdom of God in the context of you have a choice there are two kingdoms you have to choose from brothers and sisters the kingdom of God and its lifestyle and principles and the kingdom of this world and its lifestyle and its principles it's a clear choice and what Jesus is saying to them and to us is if you are going to move on with whatever God has next for you, you must have chosen clearly and distinctly that you are going to go in the lifestyle and live in the lifestyle of the kingdom of God. Choose you this day who you will serve. See, a lot of problems we have as followers of, of God these days is we're wishy-washy about our choice of which kingdom we live in. We're pretty clear on it on Sunday, but on Tuesday, not so much. You see, what needs to happen in the lives of these followers of Christ and in the lives of these followers of Christ is we must choose to live with both feet squarely smack dab on the path called the kingdom of God. Not turning to the left or the right, not taking our eyes off the goal. We must walk with Jesus. Jesus is saying, among other things, that when you walk in the, with, 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 with you, when you follow my example and walk in the kingdom of God, then you can experience along the way all that God has for you. So today, I'm just wondering, who's ruling your life? See, the concept is the reign and the rule of God in your life. Who's leading you? Is it the kingdom of this world and its principles? Who's guiding you? Or is it the kingdom of God and his principles? That needs to be established before we can go on. Let me pause a minute here. Lord, I pray on behalf of my brothers and sisters here today. Lord, I am sure that some of them here today have not made that final firm decision. I am sure, Father, that there are some folks in this place right now who have been wishy-washy in their decision to live according to the principles of the kingdom of God. So, Lord, I pray that you would knock down those barriers Help them once and for all to see, say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. In the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Let's say amen together. Amen. The kingdom of God. Have you made your decision yet? The second thing Jesus was talking about in verses 4 and 5 is the command and the promise. The command and the promise. Listen to these verses. Verse 4 says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father had promised. Brothers and sisters, that's a command. See, Jesus did not leave room for negotiation here. 
He said to them, or he at least, they, they got it from him, that this is the natural, necessary next step for my followers. Go wait for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. No discussion, no argument, go wait. That was the command. Jesus commanded them to go do that. And then the rest of that, verse 5 says, For John baptized with water, but in a few days, here's the promise, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's a command in this, our journey from Ash Wednesday to Pentecost. There's a command here and a promise. The command and promise are still relevant today for you and me as followers of Christ. The command is you are to wait for the gift the Father has promised you. The promise is in a few days or in some time, in God's time, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If you have chosen to walk firmly in the kingdom of God and you are fixed, your, have fixed your eyes on Jesus, seeking Him with all of your hearts and God, whatever you have for me in the future, I want it all. Somebody say amen. I want it all. Baptized with the Holy Spirit. The command and the promise. And then in verse 8, we have the promise further explained. Look at verse 8. This verse 8 is the key verse of the entire book of Acts. This verse here sums up what happened, the result of what happened in the whole book of Acts. Verse 8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. This was the promise further explained. And after the day of Pentecost, when the, when the Holy Spirit baptized those people in that upper room where they are now waiting, they went and changed their world. Before Pentecost, they were followers of Jesus. They listened to him. They followed him. They'd left everything to follow him. But they didn't have a whole lot of success. Why? Because they hadn't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. After they were, they changed their world. I wonder, I'm just thinking out loud here, what would happen if just the people in this room Tell the, I'm not talking the second service, just the people in this room would say to Jesus, say to God, God, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Whatever that means, however that looks, I want it. And we just seek it until it happens, whatever that means. And what would happen to our community if just these people right here would do that and seek that and say that? And be on their faces before God. What would happen? Well, 120 of them back then changed their world. Do you think we might be able to impact Fort Wayne? Yes, it's God's plan. The kingdom of God. The command and the promise. The promise explained. And then finally, the path to the promise. Verse 14. Here's the path to the promise. Verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Here's how you get there, brothers and sisters. They joined constantly. They joined together constantly in prayer. 
One version says they were in one accord. Now that's not, that doesn't mean that they broke the world's record for how many people they can get in a Honda. That's not what that means. In one accord means unity. You see, God always blesses unity. He always has and always will. He blesses your family as you're unified in your prayers of, of, for protection and, and blessing. He blesses that. He blesses this church family when we're together in unity. That, among many other reasons, is why we do the prayer room 24-7. It, it, it's a whole congregation praying in the same direction with one heart asking for God's fullness and blessing, asking for Him to perform miracles in our midst spiritually. That's why we do this. Can you pray at home? Absolutely. Do it. Please do. But there's something about all through history, starting right here, there's something that happens when followers of God come together on purpose and sit on their, lay on their faces before God. The path to the promise. They joined constantly together in prayer. Lord, where are you taking us? What is your intention? With us, Lord, I can sense something is afoot. What does that mean? I can sense that something is happening. I can see it in the lives of some people in this room. Lord, what's your intention? Lord, I know that you want to fill the lives of every follower of Christ. I know, Lord, that you want to baptize all of us with your spirit. This isn't my thing. It's his. And here we are a week before Pentecost. And here's what I want you to do. Would you join me in doing this? From this day until next Sunday. Would you pray every day, Lord, come Holy Spirit, fill that place, and baptize me with the Holy Spirit. All pastor have already been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Ask Him to fill you again. Ask Him to fill you again. You see, brothers and sisters, I'm hungry for God to move right here. I long for Him to move in your life and your life and yours and mine. I long to see Him come in, his, in a way that just transforms us. And then we burst out of those doors and he uses us to change our world. Could it happen? Could it happen? Would you pray with me, Lord? Lord, fill me with your spirit. Father, man, our world is full of distractions. Doesn't seem like we have time for much. But Lord, we need you. So today, and throughout this week, come Holy Spirit. Would you say that with me? Come Holy Spirit. Stand with me at this time. My Jesus, I love you. I know you are mine. Father, 
Would you just fill us? Help us to focus on you. In the name of our powerful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Let's say amen together. Amen. God bless you.